This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. Going to start right off the bat, Damon. The hard-hitting questions coming from the listeners. Taco Tuesday says, is Damon going to set a draft date for our Super Jcast Hockey League? <laughs> I already did. It's in the thing. <clears throat> All you got to do is look. Actually, we need, um, I think we need three teams. For everybody, I, you have no idea how many people were like, ah, we're going to do hockey. We're going to do fantasy hockey. I was like, yeah, I mean, I just got things to do and I'll set it up and... The season hasn't even started yet. We got time. Oh, I got to get talking. Okay, okay. So I get it set up, and we're fucking three teams short. <clears throat> so if you're a, if you're into the hockey, the fantasy hockey, by all means, uh, I guess I don't know. We'll tweet out the link, or we'll um, join our Discord because that's usually where most of the the chatter is about the fantasy stuff, even with the football. Where uh, another strong week. By uh, Team Peanut Butter and Cocaine Burrito, <laughs> we are we are two and one. Um, even though we had some uh, some shaky wide receiver issues, but yes, if you're into the fantasy hockey, by all means, please swing by our Discord and you'll get all the info and sign up. And the draft is Thursday. As a matter of fact, the draft is this Thursday, um, like th- three days, two days. Um, so. Get in, get in quick, because it's uh, right around the corner. I had an absolutely terrible week with our Super J Cast Fantasy Premier League thing. Yeah. So I'm looking at my team now. I got my my goalie, Ben Foster, uh, minus one point because he he was on the wrong end of an eight nil drubbing for Man City. Um, I had Everton defender Yerry Mina minus one because uh, he he scored an own goal. Oh God. I had a. Uh, Arsenal defender Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who conceded two goals and then also got a red card. So just absolute disaster at the back there. Did all right with some of my other players, but it just dragged the whole thing down. So uh, very disappointing there. How's your American football? I know you're in that and you're you're like you're like the ringer. You're the hustler in that one because everybody's like, uh, oh, Joel, he has no idea about the American football. But then you lean on uh, a lot of people on our Discord with the draft and everything. And uh, you actually come out with a pretty stacked team. How, how's that turning out? I am two and one at the moment. I won my first two games, but I lost this week. But I lost to a guy at work that I really like, a really nice, sincere, really genial guy. So I, I was almost happy to lose to him because he was 0-2 and, and I wanted him to have something nice to celebrate. So there you go. It's not all bad. Oh, Joel doing the job. Um, I'll tell you what, my running back situation is, is a little fucked up. i got to be honest with you. Actually, my, my one running back. You didn't have, um, what's his name? No. The, the, who's the fellow who's getting in trouble? Antonio Brown. No. Is he a running back? No, he's a wide receiver, so he's catching oh. more balls. But that's all right. Um, yeah, no, no, I didn't have him. I have. I just have guys that just seem to be underperforming, even though last week um, the guy from Baltimore, um, whose name I – Ingram, um, had three touchdowns, so that was nice to see. So that helped me put, – put me over the top this week. But uh, I had James Gurley. It's the same guy you guy have uh, from the Rams, who is uh, not doing as well as he did last year. And he was like my first pick of the first round. I'm like, oh, I can't fucking just get rid of this guy, can I? Or 
how, how can I move him or what can I get for him at this point? So that's my big dilemma with the fantasy uh, football is that. But I had Patrick Mahomes, who's just fucking lighting it up for me. Been a stud. Uh, everybody on the Chiefs that I have has been very good. But, uh, yeah, it's a... Uh... It, uh, we're doing all right. We're doing all right in the fantasy. And again, our draft is Thursday, so if you're into the hockey, why don't you get into the hockey, Joel? You, you said you wanted to uh, kind of follow a little bit from afar. Maybe, maybe this is a nice way to dip your toes in. If I just like didn't make any picks and let the automatic algorithm gimmick do its job, mm-hmm. do you think I'll do all right? I think so. I think so. I mean, listen. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm, I'm very. I've been sick this week, Joel. I don't know. Uh, and uh, my voice will be going in and out. I'm sure. All fucking show, which will make for great audio. Um, but yes, you can um, let the let the thing auto draft, and I think you'll be all right. Again, it always matters where where you are in the draft. But yeah, I think I think you'll be fine. And if you wanted to, I would be fair and pick your team. If you wanted, you don't have to. If you wanted to, uh, but yeah, if you auto, let the, the computer auto do it, I think you'd be fine. Well, let's throw it out to the listeners. If we have three hockey expert listeners who want to get involved in the action before Thursday, then do that. If not, if there's a space left, come draft time, I will throw my name in the hat. All right, I like this. All right, good. All right, get in on, get in on it. It's fun. It's always we bust everybody's uh, stones, and it's always a good time. And again, if you're into it, it's it's there waiting for you. You'll be part of the fun. Speaking of fun. How about we discuss in depth an annual financial report? Oh, that sounds like a great time. I always love a financial report, Joel. You know me. I uh, you know sit around the, the the fire with a with a with a cold drink and uh, let's talk finances. I can see certain people just hitting the fast forward button on the <laughs> podcast. So here we go. Uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that Bushiroad has released their annual financial report, reveals New Japan earned $50 million uh, from August last year to end of July this year. The most successful financial year in its history. Yeah. Uh, it's up 10.8% from last year. Uh, other statistics, they drew 436,000 paid for live attendance, sixth year in a row that live attendance went up. However, profits were actually down from last year, although they weren't actually listed. Uh, Bushi Road reported profits from sports companies, which includes New Japan and Kicks Road, which is a kickboxing company. Profits in that category dropped from $7 million to $5.6 million. And Dave speculates it's likely this is because New Japan made more investments with their video content and expanding into international markets. House show revenue up 12.8% from last year, even with running fewer live events due to running shows in larger buildings. That means total attendance is up. Overseas merchandise revenue was down due to the loss of US merchandise sellers after January. Hmm, wonder who that could be. Uh, New Japan uh, sold uh, 25 million in ticket sales. Uh, this is kind of boring now. <laughs> I've <I'm> <laughs> run out of steam. I don't, I don't want to read the rest of it now. Oh, uh, no, blah, you're doing blah, blah, blah. good. Come on. Yeah, shall I stick with it? Okay. Yeah, stick with it. Um, average ticket price, $57 per head. $15 million in merchandise. $10 million in content. That's New Japan World and TV. New Japan World subscribers above 100,000 with the $8.33 per sub monthly price. The number is about $10 million, but that's split with co-owners TV Asahi. That means the company is likely getting $5 million from New Japan World and $5 million from TV. Plan for 2020, continue to run larger arena shows 
which they hope will grow attendance and merchandise sales. They also plan to increase content. They want to sign more major stars, push the Wrestle Kingdom 14 shows at the Tokyo Dome. Bushiroad hoping to get a 12% growth in revenue, 1% in profits overall, didn't list any New Japan specific goals. And Bushiroad directors, including Harold May, are up for renewal in October 2020. May is also the CEO of New Japan. He was hired in May 2018 and originally talked about wanting to increase revenue to $100 million per year, although they haven't done that yet. So a uh, bit of a mixed bag there from Dave. Um, you know, lots, lots of good news, but he's also a bit more tentative about things like the merchandise sales and the profits going down a little bit. And we got a typically measured response from the Discord. Some choice quotes for you, uh, Damon. New Japan is dead because Cody is gone. No <laughs> Cody, no profit. Uh, we cancelled our subs the moment Juice hit that second pulp friction, right? Yeah. So we asked around, Damon, as, as we always do, and our sources have uh, responded to Meltzer's report by telling us that there's no way that increased video production has more than a minimal effect on profits. Increased staffing costs is more likely a culprit, wrestlers, back office, things like that. Dave's obviously getting his financial analysis straight from a translation of Harold's comments in the IP report where he singled out video production as an investment area. <laughs> Double-digit profit growth is something even Vince McMahon will probably not see again while he's in charge. Biggest expense in running overseas shows is logistics, plane tickets, hotel rooms, things like that. Right. So... If you run one big show somewhere like Chicago, it's all well and good, but you'll probably make less than you think. Um, as an experiment, or if you're testing a new market, it's fine, but there'll be a bigger profit margin in smaller shows in California because of the LA Dojo, where they don't have to pay for a ring and truck rentals, right. delivery for boxes of merch, tablecloths, ring aprons, all the stuff like that. So uh, I think he's right about running multiple shows in a market. Uh is not likely to build it. But personally, our sources think that they need to do more to catch the casual audience. And certain New Japan wrestlers have also expressed that opinion. Like the UK, for example, which has a very strong hardcore fan base, but no casual audience penetration. And the same might be said for the US as well. Need to improve things like more local advertising, particularly radio, local TV affiliates. Uh, above the line in marketing in particular, is important to build brand image, especially when money isn't an object. And uh, our sources have speculated that WWE have the opposite problem, where they've got a wide presence. Everyone knows who they are, but they don't have much of the hardcore following anymore. So, thrown a lot of numbers at you, Damon. Yeah. And some conflicting ideas about the health of the company, particularly with Western expansion. What are your takes? Well, look, if you... Looking at it as a whole, right, and just taking out all the numbers and all the figures that you just gave us which again <clears throat> it's all important information mind you it's all it's all uh stuff that we need to know and and be on top of but at the end of the day profitability and financial growth are probably the key indicators now do you want trends and again I'm t trying to talk like I'm fucking EF Hutton but do you want trends that trend and the negative, right? So those are the things, those are, the, those are your red flags to see if business is going to either sustain or tail off, right? It doesn't feel like it's going to tail off, right? Because here's the thing. I don't think, I don't think that, that the company has done everything in its power in its expansion efforts. Again, I, 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 I mentioned this before, but if you go back two years, to where we are right now, while we have improved in a lot of regards when it comes to the, to the Western expansion, 
and the expansion as a whole for New Japan, there's still plenty of growth. Again, TV. Um, we're still running smaller arenas here. Let's be honest. And these small arenas, again, they probably have a, a bigger return on investment, right? Uh, just as Joel has explained, you know, running a big show in Chicago might have a, a lower return on that investment than, say, a show at the 2300 Arena in Philly. Um, markets, um, fan interest, all those things are going to play an interest. At the end of the day, I look at this. And you said it, Joel. The, the, the money and the revenue is, is more than at any point in this, con- in this company's history. That, that's pretty significant if you, if you stop and think about it. Now, again, <clears throat> the different various revenue streams that they didn't have in 95 and 96, right? Um, I mean, they weren't doing tours. They weren't uh, trying to expand. They didn't have New Japan World. All these things that are a reality in our pro wrestling lives you know, are helping to build that money and helping to build that revenue. I think it's a good thing. I think it could be better. Um, Joel, I will ask you a question, and I think I asked you something similar a, a, a week or two ago. What grade do you give New Japan Pro Wrestling's expansion? And I'll put expansion in North America and even current Japanese audience. Money aside, do you think they've done everything that they can, or they, do you think that they've missed the ball, or maybe you know maybe they've hit the ball and it's a double? Where do you land on New Japan's expansion in the past three to five years? I'd say it's a B minus because I think there's been a lot of good stuff, but also some quite frustrating decisions where something happens, like they, you know, for example, this fighting spirit unleashed thing where you think oh they you know they're doing the same area again the lack of getting these shows up live on worlds and not running what i thought was not an appropriate venue for the g1 in dallas not marketing it properly so they are being ambitious but there's also a lot of things where you think that could be easily fixed and it's quite frustrating to see them not fixing them do you think that they again looking back Two years, three years. Do you think that they are in a position where you thought they would be? Or do you think that there would be more, I don't want to say mainstream, but I guess more of a pro wrestling audience that New Japan Pro Wrestling has captured? No, I don't think so. I I don't ever expect wrestling to really hit the mainstream. I mean, even you look at massive examples like WWE, when there was that whole scandal going on about the... Saudi Arabia show and all that money and that hit the was it the daily show I think and they did a segment on that but then you know a week later everyone's forgotten about it so I think for it to really penetrate the the cultural zeitgeist takes something way beyond the means of a company like New Japan so I don't think that's something that I ever expected or is even realistic so in that sense um yeah expectations are, are met I there are way more stateside shows than I thought there would be. I thought they would be running a handful a year, like maybe two, three show tops, like right. a few big shows. I didn't imagine that we'd be getting things like you know the New Beginning USA tour or the the Super J Cup tour or things like this Fighting Spirit Unleashed tour, which 
yeah, novelty seems to be wearing off a bit. So That's I right, think that, right, and I think mm. you nailed it. That that novelty wearing off. Sorry, I'm losing my voice. <laughs> um, that novelty wearing off. I, I think that's a big issue. Like, is is just New Japan Pro Wrestling showing up and announcing a card, you know, literally four days before the event is to take place, is that good enough? Or should they scale back and just deliver one or two shows that are big um, to kind of take advantage of, you know, making it a little bit more limited and making these shows a little bit more special. It depends where you're running, isn't it? I think if you to run the small show with the late, you know, last minute card in a place where they haven't run a show before, then people might be more excited and more likely to go. But if it's a place where they've had over the last two, three years, already quite a few New Japan shows, then people are going to be a bit more wary, especially after what happened with the New Beginning Tour and the visas, which wasn't their fault at all. But now there's certainly a bit more uh, caution from the buyers, uh, especially where in markets and areas where they've already kind of saturated. Yeah. I mean, and, and the flip side to that, you know, you did have one of the most special cards you could possibly have from a New Japan perspective in a new market, in a big building, you know, and we all know how that turned out. So, you know, maybe you know, even even the specialness of a show isn't doesn't guarantee massive success. Yeah, I, I think that shows with a really a quality lineup and a new, like relatively new market that at the moment their ceiling is like five six thousand. That's if everything's going in their favor. I think. The MSG number is a bit of an anomaly, just given the circumstances of the venue being the first time that it was a, a non-WWE wrestling promotion running it for God knows how long. And also, you can't rule out the attraction of guys like you know Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, Cody, who were big New Japan stars at the time, who uh, people were buying tickets with that expectation. So you take all that stuff away, and you look at shows like Dallas, like the Copper Box, where things have been promoted pretty well i would say and they've put on strong lineups and you're getting five six thousand people i think that's their ceiling at the moment okay now again with all that information at our disposal b B minus you're going with if you if you said two years ago would you be happy with a b minus well i mean the b minus is a grade that's given with hindsight so difficult question to ask um i'd say it's acceptable mm-hmm. but room for improvement clear that you know there's clear next steps whether or not they'll take them we don't know things like announcing the cards in advance i don't know if new japan's ever going to do that because they're yeah. setting their ways with these things right right it's going to be very difficult to do um, but there are things that they can fix give me one discussed. thing what would you? Uh, yeah, give me. I'll, I'll tell you what. One thing that we haven't. I really feel like um, a stronger TV presence. Number one, and then number two, when they do have these shows, I will say this: they do a real terrible job of marketing these shows within the local market. Right there, I 
I live in in the Philadelphia area. I'm telling you flat out. And again, it sold out in 10 minutes or 11 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever whatever it was. So maybe the point is really who cares? It's already sold out. It is what it is. They got the people in the building that they were going to get anyway. But there's like no – I don't know. Maybe I'm naive about it, but just a little bit more of a local marketing presence. Uh, I can't speak to Lowell, but uh, I, I haven't heard one peep aside from again you know you hear Kevin Kelly on 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 a broadcast mentioning it but nowhere else i mean yes social media but again i i just feel like you know where get get some workers on the radio get i don't know something i just feel like we missed the mark when it comes to we being new japan pro wrestling and we're not we so i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about but you know what i mean um i just think we missed the mark of we set it and forget it, and it is what it is at that point. And we don't do a good job of helping to grow what is already there. I, I, and I could be dead wrong, and I don't know what's in store for 2020. But it feels like where we are right now. It's these are our fans. This is what it is, and there's really nothing on the horizon that I can see, Joel. That says, okay, this is how we're going to grow our fan base here. Whether that's a new, new and more visible TV deal, whether that's um, more local promotion, whether that's I don't know what that looks like. Uh, uh, apps for for Roku and for PS4 and for Apple TV. I, that's how people are watching TV nowadays. I mean, I, I what is being done? What? That's that's really what I would want to know. The financials are great, and again, I I, I don't want to make it seem like we're nitpicking because they've had the, the the best year financially. I'm just trying to say, okay, B minus, and we got the best. What what more can we do um, from from a Western eyes perspective to help grow uh, that profitability and make this company a little bit more um, solid when it comes to future growth. Right. And like I said before, they need to be going after the casual audience. So people who are fans of pro wrestling, who, you know, there's a lot of adults out there who watch WWE regularly just out of habit because it's what they've always done. Or kids that enjoy watching WWE. And you want to find some way of penetrating that audience. So these WWE watchers who are kind of getting a little bit disillusioned, just some way for them to see, oh, hey, there's this wrestling show down the road or a 50 minute drive from here. Let's go and check it out. But there's got to be some way to sort of breach that gap to reach those people. And I think a lot of the strategy in, in terms of that expansion has been signing big names, you know, getting guys like John Moxley or uh, Kenta or Chris Jericho, where you're getting those casual fans or you know, WWE watchers or Laps fans saying, oh, yeah, I know that guy. I'm going to go and check this out. So I think there will be more of that in the future. But they also, like I said, need to be trying to get more local advertising so you know, people who live in the area can realize that there's going to be a fun wrestling show down the road from them and that they should go and check it out. Right, absolutely. And again, uh, I think the, the, the biggest takeaway is, is, is biggest revenue in the company's history, which is pretty amazing if you think about it. Um, so with that being said, um, you can make the 
the checks out to the Super J cast New Japan for all the work that we've done in helping. Hit that donate button. Yeah, yeah hit that donate Maybe. button. <laughs> yeah, please. Redcircle.com forward slash slows forward slash super dash J dash cast. So Harold, if you're listening, yeah. smash that that button. Sponsor this podcast. There you go. Do the right thing. Yeah, do the right you thing. Do it anonymously. You don't even have to put your name on it. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, we could just be under, you know, under the radar. Miscellaneous. We could put that under miscellaneous funds, right? Slide Harold up. M. <laughs> right. Say no more. <laughs> right. Right. Wink, wink, and nudge, nudge. All right. So uh, that was uh, Money Report brought to you by uh, Joel and Damon. Um, I think we've uh, beat that one. Let's talk a little pro wrestling, shall we? Uh, just another little nugget. Oh. We, we've learned that the G1 Vanishing Point documentary, a few people have been asking about that. That is going to be subtitled in English soon. So. I think that's like over an hour, that documentary. And the New Japan documentary is always a lot of fun. So something to look forward to there. Yes, they are always good. All right, good stuff there. Thanks. And I read, well, I think both of us read a very interesting piece on the New Japan website, the Liger Sessions. So this is going to be an ongoing series where they sit down and chat with Liger and people that he's worked closely with. And the first edition of that was featuring Togi Makabe. So really interesting chat, definitely worth checking out. They were talking about going from being on primetime Friday night TV, 8 p.m. to the days of failing to draw 200 fans to a show. And just some interesting stuff I I took away from here. It says, uh, even on the long tours, Makabe's calling over the young guys and going through squats and push-ups with them before the doors open. So even though he's taking fuck all bumps during the actual show, he's putting the effort in backstage, uh, rest assured. And there was also a funny bit with uh, the interviewers mentions Kushida. Uh, Kushida was talking about Katsuyori Shibata starting the LA Dojo once. He said that fired you up quite a bit. And then Makabe responds by saying, ah, that little bastard Kushida stirring the pot. Shibata had his accident and hasn't been able to get in the ring, but his passion for pro wrestling is still there. And he's been able to pass that on to those kids in LA. That's what I was thinking one time as I sat on my porch smoking a cigar. And then Liger responds, you don't have a porch and you don't smoke cigars. <laughs> That was a good interview, wasn't it? I, re- I read that. Um, like I saw the, the them tweeting it out or uh, you know sending it out via their social media. And actually, I think I, somebody had a link to it in Discord. Is how I originally found it. Um, and I was just a little like, oh, okay, this is just going to be a story. But it was you know it is a, a full fledged interview, and I thought it was good. I really did. I really did enjoy it. I, I I I'm looking forward to seeing more of them. I'm looking forward to being on it, as I should. As I'm featured in this autobiography, Joel, as I mentioned before. Um, so, yes, they, they should be uh, fun. And, and here's the thing. Think of this, Joel. It is, as we record this, September 24. The sun is coming up. Uh, it is 6 o'clock in the morning here on the East Coast. Uh, we only have, like, th- three more months of Jushin Liger in our lives, in our pro wrestling lives. How's that? How's that sound? That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty uh, crazy thought if you think about it. Only got three more months, so uh, enjoy it while you can, kids. Enjoy it while you can. Let's go on to this show which uh, just passed on Sunday: Destruction in Kobe, September twenty second, from Kobe World Hall. The attendance was six thousand one hundred forty eight fans. Uh, no vacancy. What does no vacancy mean? There's no room. No sold out it's okay there's not a seat to be had all right so that's down from last year which was 6454 which was okada versus tanahashi so given that this was no vacancy does that mean that's just 300 seats 
uh, wiped out from sort of stage, yeah, production, ramp, things like that. Yeah, yeah. As as our listeners will point out, Joel, don't 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 get upset over just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not stupid. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. All right, first match then, we had a six-man tag with Yuya Uemura, Yotosuji, and Yuji Nagata defeating Michael Richards, Alex... Okay, this, this is the biggest takeaway. It's not Alex Coughlin, it's no. Alex Coughlin, yeah. and Manabu Nakanishi, and Yotosuji picking up a big win here, tapping out Alex Coughlin in 10 minutes, five seconds with a Boston Crab. It's all right, good opener, fun. Yeah. Young lines good, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're, look, we've said it a thousand times. I've, I mean, you know, we'll talk more about it, I'm sure. But the Young Lions Cup was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, no complaints whatsoever when it comes to that. It's a great crop that we have of young talent that, you know, just they're just you know, at at, at a certain point. You don't want them to just sit there and, and uh, you know, Boston Crab themselves out of out of sheer boredom. There's you know, let them go, let them grow, let them uh, let them take the the plane ride somewhere else and and uh, do that excursion. But yeah, they're all talented young young guys, great future. All all everything that everyone has has been saying a thousand times, I'll say it a thousand and one times. Great pro wrestlers. Uh, at a very early age, and they'll be great. And in the future, you know, five years, you'll they'll be they'll be Tokyo dominant. Right, I'm going to talk about match two and three together. So these are the last two Young Line Cup League matches, where Clark Connors defeated Renarita at seven minutes twenty five with Boston Crab. So that left Clark Connors on eight points and Renarita ten points. So he was almost playing spoiler there to Renarita, and maybe there was a expectation that given one of the LA boys won this match that may be the hometown the Japanese boy might win the next one but it was not to be Damon as in the third match Carl Fredericks or Spicy Carl as uh, we call him managed to defeat Shota Umino in 7 minutes 17 seconds with an elevated half Boston Crab so Carl Fredericks wins the 12th Young Lion Cup and it did seem to me Damon the crowds were not really happy they didn't boo but it was very quiet after that it seemed like people were expecting Show to Umino to win that one. And I thought it was a really good match. I mean, as far as young live matches go, I thought Cole Fredrick showed, uh, I just feel like a, it's cliche really, but a lot of you know, fire, passion, urgency, there's a lot of snap to his moves. And he does move very quickly and bumps well for a very big man. So uh, I was impressed by this match. And what are your thoughts on the matches and Cole Fredericks being crowned as the uh, Young Line Cup champion? Was that a surprise to you? Uh, a little bit, right? Because I had the same thought going in with the idea of, you know, splitting, you know, one gets one win, the other one, you know, would get the win, you know, splitting the dojo uh, wins. And, uh, again, yeah, the, the local guy, the hometown guy, I wouldn't necessarily say, but, you know, when it comes to the, the country allegiance, um, I like it. I like the fact that he did win in the sense of it does help promote the idea that there is this, you know, little tiny rivalry between the two dojos. I do like that. It makes those undercard matches a lot more interesting with that little element involved, right? So now the LA dojo takes home a cup, takes home a win, a little pride, a little bragging rights. Um, that maybe, uh, you know, it could be a yearly thing where, um, 
we're talking about this this tournament. We don't have it every single year, but maybe it becomes a staple. And I think everyone would enjoy that, right? And it just gives it a little bit more competition, a little bit more flavor, a little bit something more to fight over. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I, I like it. And again, I, th- I think Shota had a lot of uh, shine, we'll call it, with the whole John Moxley thing, right? So to give uh, Carl Fredericks the win and to give him a little bit of the spotlight, you know, might just be temporarily, but a little bit of a spotlight with a win in what has historically been a, a nice launching pad for people's careers. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a. I think there's more positives in it all the way around than there is. Truth be told, uh, uh, you know, fans in the arena having a little bit of a sour puss, um, not having their guy win uh, in the end. Yeah, I definitely think this was something that Shota didn't need. He's a big enough star as it is. I mean, as, as far as star power for young lines goes, and there's a smart choice that you can strap the proverbial rocket to someone like Carl Fredericks. Although hopefully he has more success than the previous winner of the Young Line Cup, uh, Kitamura, who uh, no idea what he's doing at the moment. I think he's doing like a, a bodybuilding video blog or something like really? that. Really? Um, yeah, I think so. Someone posted that on the Discord. Do you think, Damon, give me percentage chance that at one of these Wrestle Kingdom nights, we get a big LA Dojo versus Japan Dojo Young Lions multi-man tag match, maybe an elimination tag. I'll tell you what, if it were one show, I would be like, oh, it's going to be hard to squeeze all that in. You got two shows, right? So I think the possibility is high. I would say over 50% that you'll have a nice little multi-man tag, dojo versus dojo at one of these dome shows. I think it's a smart move. Nice, you know, opening, you know, not maybe not opening, but, you know, underneath or maybe even dark uh, match. One of those two nights, yeah, I think I think it's a very high possibility. Sure, why not? Let's do it. And then afterwards, in the backstage promos, Ren Narita asked Shibata to join the LA Dojo, which has since been confirmed as official. Uh, Shibata said he's going to teach Narita wrestling from the ground up. So it's interesting here, Damien. The, the way Shibata is speaking, it's like he's saying that his training, the training that you could receive at the LA Dojo is superior to the training that you receive in the Japan Dojo. Do you think that's just, you know, a bit of work that they're yeah. just trying to build up the rivalry and Shibata with his ego? Nothing yeah. to read into that, right? No, I mean, listen, that's 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 pro wrestling talk right there. And again, the guy the guy opens up at the dojo and he, you know, his star pupil, pupil? Pupil? Um his star eye piece <laughs> um is uh you know, the shining star. And yeah, he's going to pump his chest a little bit, and he's going to, you know. But yeah, it's this is all pro wrestling. I wouldn't read too much into that and think that Shibata is is uh, serious in his uh, bragging when it comes to the dojo superiority. So let's just talk about Narita going to the LA Dojo. JDM says, "What do you think of using the?" LA Dojo for excursions for the Tokyo Dojo boys. They can work West Coast Indies easily. And also, how much can we read into the fact that this is an LA Dojo excursion and not a Ring of Honor excursion for yes. young Ren Narita? Yes. Now, again, that doesn't necessarily mean he won't work a show or two. But, yes, this 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 is this is your new U.S. Uh, excursion. This is your new. This is this is where you land. 
And again, that doesn't necessarily mean that these these people that go to LA Dojo won't be able to work. Say, I don't know. I'm just going to make up a, a show in, on the East Coast. You know, working for uh, what? Who is it? Pro Wrestling Syndicate is that still a thing on the East Coast here in New Jersey, or uh, you know, somewhere in North Carolina, or you know, you, you can work, you know, the territory loop as they used to call it. But yeah, their home base is going to be it. it, it and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, L.A. And I think that's exactly what the original idea was: was that you know, with this L.A. Dojo. We were going to be working shows, and that was going to be a place where young Japanese talent can come over, hone their craft, and vice versa, right? Eventually, I would I would expect, um, I mean, maybe not a long tour, and I don't even know if I would necessarily call it an excursion, but I think you would have your your Clark Connors and and, and Carl Fredericks and, and and anybody else who's in that LA dojo spending a little bit of time in Tokyo at the dojo there. So, yeah, I think that's what they had in mind when they said, you know, opening up that dojo in, in L.A., that that was going to be U.S. excursion home base. And the other piece of news is that Shota Umino is going to the U.K. for his excursion. So, thoughts on that, Damon? What can we expect from Shota Umino? I'm guessing RevPro shows and lots of Instagram Photos of fish and chips, full English <laughs> breakfast, Weatherspoons lunches. Yep, yep, yep. A little little uh, tower bridge shot uh, selfie, right? Uh, here's what I don't want to have happen. Can does anybody have any idea where the fuck Oka is? Who? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Kawato? Anyone, <laughs> anyone seen it? What the hell has happened to that class of young lines? It's right. cursed, isn't it, Damon? It, I don't We've know. had yeah. Yagi, retiring, broken arm, uh, Kanemitsu, I don't know if he counts as that class. Oka and Kawato, missing, yeah. presumed, <laughs> lost. I don't know. Right. Kitamura with his mysterious leg injury motorcycle crush thing. Yeah. What bad luck. Yeah, I mean, I want a little bit more investigative. You know, people talking about pro wrestling journalism. We need to get to the bottom of this. Uh, we're missing. We're missing human beings. They're they're nowhere to be found. Where are these people? Somebody call the police, FBI, Interpol, somebody. Because yeah, they're nowhere to be found. It's funny because we asked about Quato, and we we're like, and uh, a couple people were like, yeah, we saw him in the summer. I was like, okay. Where 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 <laughs> where? All right, well, what are we doing? What are we waiting for? They're very, they're very tight-lipped when it comes to these young lions and where they are and what they're doing. No one knows. Now, I mean, again, injuries being one thing, and I'm I don't, that's what I'm going. That's what I'm going with. I'm assuming they're injured, Joel. I'm assuming they're injured, and again, they are tight-lipped when it comes to injuries. So that's what I'm hanging my hat on, but. Yeah, you rattled off a handful of names there that we have no idea where they are. Nobody's seen these people. Scary. So that's what I don't want to have happen. So uh, don't get too comfortable over there in London. Don't get too comfortable. Uh, uh, Just, you know, wherever you may may, may go. You know, people have said the same thing about But here's the thing. Even with Evil, with Watanabe, you would see him at shows. He just wouldn't be. He just wouldn't be working those shows. 
when he was on excursion. So, uh, again, fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, but, yeah, that, that's a big question mark to me. What, what, what's happening to that class of young Lions? And I don't want that to happen with this one. Xavier asked, since Umino and Ren are going to UK-USA for excursion, does this mean that the CMLL coalition is over, considering whatever happened to Kawato there still has not been explained as well as the new owner? Hard to say, right? Hard to say. I don't think so. I think, I think we'll be... Uh, I, think I mean, we've literally just seen a handful of CMLL guys in the Super J Cup, so yeah. I think it's a bit premature to be uh, worrying about that. Yeah, I don't, think, I, don't think, uh, I don't think that's in any danger whatsoever. Um, Again, we don't know this, but the, the problem is that we don't know the full story when it comes to Quato. But um, yeah, I don't think there's anything to be too concerned with that, at, at least not now. Um, and if we hear anything, of course, you guys will be the first to know. Uh, Lone Magician asks first, who's your pick to come back to New Japan as a knife pervert? I think the worst thing that Best Friends did to New Japan was not stitching them up after agreeing to sign a contract and then fucking off to AEW. It was cursing us with this knife pervert thing. Uh, damn them to eternity for that. Uh, out of all the guys currently on excursion, who is the most likely to be a star in the company? So early signs, Damon out of the boys on excursion, who would you think would be a star? Because... I would have told you six months ago that Umino has got the most upside, but Naruto gave such a good account of himself in the best of the super juniors that I think he, Naruto, could easily end up becoming like a future junior star. Yeah. I like I like Shota a lot. I think he's he's my guy, I think. If I'm gonna point a finger at one dude to 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 be a future star. I think Carl Fredericks too, man. He, that dude's got a look. I mean, all he just needs to do is, you know, people talk about all the time, but oh, this guy, you know, when they're talking about like Hikaleo, you know, oh, he's the future of pro wrestling. Okay, 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 really? Because okay, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Carl Fredericks right now, like this motherfucker. He's, he's got, he's got it going on, uh, and he's only going to get better. So that's that's one guy I'm looking at when it comes to the pro wrestling success. Whew. And, and and I hate to say it, I hate to be that guy. Maybe not even just New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, um, like, he's got he's got uh, me watching. Let's put it that way. Fourth match, we had Chase Owens, Yujiro Takahashi, Bad Luck Fale defeating Toei Hinare, Tomaki Homa, Togi Makabe. Chase Owens getting the pin on Toei Hinare after eight minutes twenty-two with a package par driver. Most notable thing here. Afterwards, we got confirmation that Chase Owens and Bad Luck Fale are going to be teaming for the World Tag League. So that's a very exciting yeah. development there. Yeah. <laughs> i got nothing on this match. Let's go to the next one then, yeah? Yep. Uh, f- fifth match, we had eight-man tag. We had Doki, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., defeating Rocky Romero, Tiger Moss, Jushin Thunder Liger, Hiroshi Tanahashi, ending after three minutes, 10 seconds, with Minoru Suzuki getting himself disqualified. Damon, I want to let you take it away. You talk me through your reactions to this match as the big angle went down between Liger and Suzuki. Great, right? How fucking awesome was this? Um, again, the, 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 the brawl. Oh, we called it, by the way. Yeah. I know lots of people did, but we did specifically mention Kish and Liger last week. So there you go. Back to you, Damon. Thank you. Uh, we, we did. And what a, what, a, what a wonderful pro wrestling moment, right? Uh, again, lead... Right from the very beginning, the Liger just shooting out from the uh, entrance ramp, 
a brawl ensues and uh, a big schmaz and it all falls apart. Liger uh, you know, ripping off the mask himself a- after Suzuki you know, attempted to, to rip it off once again. Rips it off. Rips off the, uh, the upper uh, outfit, we'll call it. And, yeah, spraying mist, and he nearly... He looked fucking terrifying, Damon, that makeup. Yeah. I was really scared. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, what's happened to Uncle Liger? Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, he, he, he lost it. And that gigantic spike in the, in the, in the, uh, in the table... Oh, I've watched that again, you know, the, 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 quite a low margin for error there. Yeah. The, there was not that much gap between him driving that spike into the table and Suzuki getting out of the way. All it would have taken was just a moment's hesitation or Suzuki slipping or stumbling or something. And he's getting a fucking metal spike in his head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dangerous pro wrestling. Talk, Meltzer talks about people getting dropped on their heads. We got spikes. Uh, it was great. And I think everybody enjoyed it. And I think everybody had a little uh, nostalgia pop inside of them being fans of this company. Uh, and even people who've heard, you know, look, I, I would think for, from, a, from a new fan perspective, it's always one of those matches, again, Liger versus Muda, that people go out of their way to, to see because they've heard the legend of it and they've heard uh, the you know the everyone talk about it and the clips online and, and all that stuff. It's like one of those. I I would go so far as to say it's probably in the top ten most famous matches from a Western eyes perspective. <clears throat> Maybe not a Japanese perspective, but from a Western eyes perspective, that match. While it's not the greatest match in the entire world by any stretch. It's just one of those cool pro wrestling matches that, you know, is just stuck in people's minds. Um, I'm sorry, I'm I'm hacking as I as I talk here. Um, it's it's probably top ten, right? So to see that revived and 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 brought in a in a ring in 2019, I think a lot of people lost their skulls, and I and I personally was one of them so i think it's great um here's what i don't want joel and and again we got three months so we got a little time so i would think that if we're going to see it again we're going to see it before the dome i don't want it to be at the dome like i don't want i i just want that to be just a liger moment the whole i just want one last absorption and one last look and one last take a picture in my mind's eye Jushin Liger in a ring as Jushin Liger, right? So I, I'm thrilled that we're... Sorry, can I jump in? Because yeah, yeah. uh, pulling back the curtain, Damon hasn't seen the upcoming cards for the show. So yes. I will just tell you now, just for, for the purpose of this discussion, that at King of Pro Wrestling, we're getting a special singles match, Jushin Thunder Liger versus Minoru Suzuki. Oh, all right, good. Well, that's okay. And here's the thing. You could do Suzuki Liger at the Dome, but I just wanted to be Suzuki versus Liger. Uh, okay, so we're getting a singles match. Great. A, a King of, yeah, I don't know the lineup. So uh, we decided I wasn't going to look and Joe was going to do. We're going to do a live reveal because that was fun the last time we did it. So we're going to do it here. So that's good. All right. So that we're getting a big payoff King of Pro Wrestling singles match. Um, I like the angle. I didn't like the angle. I love the angle. I think it was the talk of the internet. And um, I like the fact that it's not just Liger just going through the motions of just, you know, wrestling people 
and having last matches with people. Like he's legitimately involved in a exciting, uh, fun, uh, important pro wrestling angle and a pro wrestling on on a you know he's not just doing matches and and waving goodbye to the crowd. He's involved in something that's part of the narrative of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So it's fun. Loved it. And and I want and I can't wait for King of Pro Wrestling now. It's gonna be fucking great. I really enjoyed the post match stuff where we had uh Suzuki backstage just on the floor, face covered in mist, just laughing maniacally. And then Liger runs in and just gives him a little kick and then runs off again. <laughs> it was very funny. You should check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, a couple of questions here. So Tyler says, Damon, what is the history of Kishin Liger? What's the significance of the alter ego? Would you be happy with Liger's last match as Kishin Liger? Kind of dealt with the second half of the question, but maybe Damon, you could tell us about the history of Kishin Liger and the significance of it. And Brian F. McDonald. Yeah. Uh, man, you know very, very well. Says, I, I lost my shit seeing Liger doing the Kishin deal with two nights at Wrestle Kingdom. Do you think Kishin night one and the proper Liger send off on night two? Um, so, yeah, talk to us a bit about Kishin Liger for the newer fans who are not familiar with the persona. Yeah, I think we've seen it four times in the history of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, and again, originally it was, you know, it's kind of for a lack of a better example, but. There's been alter egos in pro wrestling, you know, for quite a while. Muda was one of them, right? Um, you know, where he would, you know, great Muda and in the Kenji Moto. Um, I mean, we see it now currently with what? What is it? Bray Wyatt and what is he? The fucking what is he? The the whatever monster shithead he is. The fiend? The is fiend, it the fiend? The fiend, right? And then Finn Balor did. You know, he seems like they've been milking that with uh, his little persona, but they've done it, you know, throughout throughout pro wrestling history. Um, and again, it was just something to combat Muda uh, in, in the original. And here's the thing, from what I understand, that that Muda match took place in the same building that we just saw, right? The, the, the building that we were just in, the, the original. So I thought I thought that was pretty significant as well. I thought that was pretty awesome too. Um, there was There's one match, and, and, and I feel terrible because I forget exactly who it was, but Liger, uh, there, it's, it's online. If I'm not mistaken, um, if not, I'll find a link. But I'll do something. But uh, Liger uh, did the gimmick, the the, the Cushion Liger gimmick. It, it's in Cork and Hall, and they brawl all throughout Cork and Hall. And again, chairs, tables, blood, the whole nine yards. Um, and it was, and again, it was there to it's it's used to, I don't know, blow off a feud or to you know, it's kind of like the equivalent of like. Back in the day, where you had you know the steel cage match to end a feud, well, this was this was a way to end a feud um, in a in a street fight, in a bloodbath, and something along those lines. So again, I think it's four times. Uh, this would be five that we'll see this this version. And uh, again, it's brawl, but it's different. You know, it's like you know everybody thinks of you know the lovable Jushin Liger and you know Uncle Liger and all that stuff. Uh, and then you get this 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 crazy brawler, bloodthirsty animal. Uh, and again, I I love the fact that they're bringing it back just for a little bit, and having it make and having it be significant is fun too, right? Um, you know, they're not just having it; they're not just throwing it in. It, it makes sense within the story. Um, to answer Brian's question, everybody knows Brian. Brian's my brother. Uh, 
do we see this? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I think. I don't even know if, if it's a definite that we see this at King of Pro Wrestling. To be truthful, we might not even see this at, at King of Pro Wrestling. I think it's a good possibility we will, though. Uh, but at the Dome, uh, no, I think it begins and ends here. I think this is where the, that that ends at King of Pro Wrestling. I really do. Well, just jumping with another question then. So now that Suzuki is being dealt with at King of Pro Wrestling, just off the top of your head, who do you think would make the most sense as Liger's opponent at Wrestle Kingdom Oof. for his final match? Yeah. So there have been speculation, maybe Tanahashi. I know Hiromu was mentioned before. Um there's certainly unfinished business with El Phantasmo. Hope it's not him, but there was certainly a bit of beef that went down at the end of the Super J Cup. So um, your thoughts, Damon, for Wrestle Kingdom? You know what? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, all the names that you mentioned are, are, are definite possibilities. Who do I... I, but, I but after Suzuki, unless they, they magically come up with some... You know, new program. I don't think it's going to be El Phantasmo. I, th- I, th- I think that would be uh, a fart in church. I don't think that would. I don't think. I don't think anybody wants that to be his last match. Um, Tanahashi. That's a. That's a. I don't want to say that's a big name, but that's a. That is a possibility. I just. I. I don't know. I just don't think you put Tanahashi in, in, in a dome in that spot. I don't know. It's just. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's the one. So truth be told, I don't know because after after Suzuki, hey, listen, I don't know if Suzuki. It, 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 this is the end with at King of Pro Wrestling. I don't think it's it doesn't necessarily have to be the last match. They could continue on, but gun to my head, the names that are mentioned, Tanahashi probably sounds the sexiest. I don't think Hiromo. I think Hiromo is in a spot where. And again, we're terrible at this, Joel. But I really feel like he makes an appearance at King of Pro Wrestling for a return in the Tokyo Dome. I really do. Um, But putting that aside, Tanahashi probably sounds the sexiest, to be truthful. All right, let's talk about the sixth match which was Shoyo, Will Ospreay, Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii defeating El Phantasmo, Taiji Ishimori, Tangaloa, Tamatonka, Kenta 9 minutes 40 seconds, Yo getting another pin over Gorillas of Destiny uh, rolled up Tangaloa there in 9 minutes 40 so uh, Roppongi 3k continuing their fluke victories over Gorillas of Destiny which is going to lead on to some matches in the US shows which we'll talk about later and also after the match El Phantasmo promised that he'd have a straight wrestling match with Will Ospreay at King of Pro Wrestling. No cheating, no interference, no nut shots. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe him, but he's said that he's going to do that anyway. So there you go. All right. So there you go. Yep. Two setups for you. Um, uh, again, you don't have to tip your cap as of yet, but are we getting uh, are we getting Rapongi 3K God at uh, King of Pro Wrestling? Uh, no, it's going to be on the. Let me check which one it is exactly. One of the three. It's one. It's one of the Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Oh, really? Th- yeah, it's uh, Lowell. It's the co-main event. Ah, that's that'll be good, right? That uh, like, we're getting yeah. we're getting a title defense on one of these shows. Holy shit! Wow. Are, are we don't don't you don't have to give out the cards yet? 
a lot of multi-man tags? No, you know what? There's some really interesting singles matches here. Really? All yeah. right, we'll, we'll go with them. That I'm quite excited about. But yeah, we'll come on to that. All right. Um, all right. Seventh match, Sanada, Evil, Bushi beating Robbie Eagles, Kota Ibushi, Kazuchika Okada. Sanada submitting Robbie Eagles, 30 minutes, 50 seconds, Skull ends. I got nothing. Damon? I thought this was good. I thought this was a good match. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you're not going to... There's not a huge amount of takeaways. It's 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 building for Sonata. Uh, or excuse me, you know, building for everything that, that, that needs to be built. Um, yeah, I mean, good match, but right. Next. <laughs> I feel like we've seen the battle. All right, good. Well, I'm, you know, I'm sort of skimming over this. There's not really, you know, how many hot takes can you have about a multi-man right. on the card tag match? I do have a lot to say about the next two matches. Eighth match, Special singles match, Hiroki Goto defeating Shingo Takagi, 20 minutes, 27 seconds with the GTR, the Goto Revolution. Before I get into the match, Damon, just a random observation here. Is it just me or does Shingo squat all the time? He, he constantly looks like he's about to sit on the toilet and he sort of waddles around. Have you noticed that? I just have a very, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I actually I have. So uh, maybe, yeah, maybe he's, uh, you know, he's got loose bowels. I don't know if that's terrible. Uh, Joe, this match was fantastic. I fucking loved this match. And I'll go... I'll, I'll tell you this, David. It's very fitting that this match was in Kobe because there was a lot of beef here. Ah, yeah. Oh, I bet Andrew Rich loved that one. <laughs> he sure did. He's got a fucking boner right now. Uh, let me tell you. I love this match. This is uh, right in my wheelhouse. This was my favorite match of the night. Um, my favorite thing in the entire world are two, again, two beefy guys laying in the, the, the clothesline, lariat, axe bomb, whatever the fuck you want to call it, and the sweat just popping off. Love it. Uh, I've said this before, and... Every time I say it, I kind of talk myself into it a little bit more and more. I really feel like Shingo is quite pot. No, not quite possibly. I feel like he is the most valuable new addition to New Japan. Uh, now, listen, you could say Coda, right? Signing a, 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 a commit, committing deal, but I, I kind of feel like Coda has been in the mix for, for a while. Abushi. Um I feel like Shingo is is without question the best pickup New Japan has had in maybe the past two or three years. He is unbelievably great in the ring. He can work any style. You put him in the ring with anybody, and it's going to be unbelievable. And dare I say. He's one of the few guys that I would put up there in talk of wrestler of the year. There, name me a bad Shingo match, and and you're you're going to be looking for a while. He's had an outstanding fucking year, um, and I I saw some shit online about how he's taken a step back with a loss to Goto. I don't think that's true at all. Again, Goto is there as we've said numerous times as the gatekeeper to the stars, right? He's there 
to warm up, put in a spot so that he can lose, right, to help people, you know, further on their journey in the air. That's that's Goto's role at this point, and he does it well. So, again, losing to him, that's not, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. There's plenty of time. He'll, he'll, he'll have his opportunity. Uh, but, yeah, for, but right now, Goto taking a loss to Jay White, I absolutely could see that as we head on to, to uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's a smart move, and I think he needed to get the win here. So don't concern yourself with, with Goto getting a win over Shingo. It's not, we're not burying Shingo. That's, that's ludicrous. I am totally with you on this one, Dave. Love this match. A really hot start. I like the early Last of the Dragon, Ushigoroshi teases. A little nod to the story that they know each other's moves this time, that they were able to escape out of them. I, I mean, clearly, David, in New Japan, these wrestlers don't watch tape on each other because you think that they know all each other's signature moves off by heart. But there you go. Um, I thought Gino added some really good stuff on commentary, talking about how Shingo had the speed edge, having spent the year wrestling juniors. And he gave some little technical details like Shingo tucking his neck to avoid getting choked out by Goto and things like that. And one thing I love about Shingo, I just love the way he, he screams and trash talks at his opponents as I'm having a cat invasion here. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? What, what's going on over there? It's just something Mally likes to do every week. She likes to sabotage the podcast by coming in the room, <laughs> waving a pouch of cat food around <laughs> to make the cat scream well, deliberately to spoil the podcast. That's terrible. Why would you do something like that? Come on. We're recording. Uh, anyway, so I was talking about Shingo screaming. A little thing that makes you feel like you're watching a fight rather than a performance. Another small detail I noticed in this, Shingo bumps incredibly well for Larry's. They always look like his opponents just knocked his head off. And here in this match, we got asshole bully Shingo, the best kind of Shingo. He's doing the double foot stomps on Goto, roughing him up. And it's not often that you see Goto getting out muscled in matches. It, it was, I mean, until the comeback, it was relatively one-sided. And I think that worked. And it was also important to note that this place, Kobe, it's Shingo's old stomping grounds as a former Dragon Gate guy. Right. And even when Goto did the fighting spirit no-sell spot after the superplex, Shingo just cut that off straight away with the Saito suplex. And yeah, I'm right there with you, Damon. I love the dueling chest slaps, the lariats. And that's when Goto's at his best because he's not as versatile as Shingo. And there's not many wrestlers are, to be fair. But Goto shines in matches like this. Because, for my opinion, the best Goto matches are the ones where he, he nearly dies, but then he comes back with his samurai dad warrior spirit Blows away his opponents in a, a flurry of violence. Yeah. Um, it's always impressive, I know, to hear how long Shingo can hold guys up before hitting the maid in Japan. He seemed to have got up there for ages. And I loved the little interplay between the pumping bomber and Goto's lariat, how Shingo's pumping bomber was defeating Goto's lariat up to a point. A little spray of sweat. There was another one later on where Goto did like a backflip, which just looked tremendous. And really great reversal sequence at the end from The Last of the Dragon to the GTR to suplexes to massive Shoten Kai. And it made sense positionally rather than, you know, sometimes in New Japan we get these little choreographed dances. But here it felt like opportunistic transitions where Goto used the momentum to his advantage. And there were lots of nice Shibata tributes here as well. I, I thought Goto just looked terrific. He put in a tremendous fiery performance. But... Like you said as well, hat tip to Shingo for being able to get the absolute best out of anyone he's facing, any style of match. He can make anyone look like a million quid. Yeah, 
He's 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 top notch. I'll tell you what. I got to tip my hat to to uh, to Goto on one specific bump where he took on an axe bomber that took him. He did uh, this that spinning, you know, take my head off bump that knocked me out of my seat. Like I was just like, holy shit! And 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 it was a near fall. It was a kick out, which which it had me. You know, I'm like, yo, this is where Shinko's got the win, no doubt. And the kickout was pretty awesome in that. Uh, but I, I just, just the, the camera angle of it and him just getting taken right out of his fucking boots uh, was was pretty tremendous. That's a visual I'm going to take to my grave because uh, it popped me out of my chair. Uh, so a special tip there. Yeah, great match. Um, I mean, I, I'm obviously over four with that. Um, I'm, I'm probably three or excuse me, four. I, I I'm not going five, but I mean I I have no problem with even a, a, an ass hair over four and a half. I love the match, and I thought it was one of Godo's best performances of the year. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I I would say a, a solid four and a half there. I loved every second of this, and also Goto did a really <laughs> bizarre but amusing post match promo with a bottle of wine. Yeah, he's comparing himself to <laughs> fine wine. Did you wonder, did you see I mean, did you see in our Discord about that wine? No. That that's a that's that's like a five hundred six hundred dollar bottle of wine. He looked quite annoyed that I think it was Narita had opened it. <laughs> really? <laughs> I have a wine story. Um, Here's a story from Uncle Damon. Here's a story from some point in his life. Here's a story. From Uncle Damon And it may be about wrestling Or perhaps include his wife I had a, a roommate uh, And he got a bottle of wine from work And it was a really expensive bottle of wine And I had girls over the house, right? But it was late It was like 1 o'clock in the morning And we're all half lit and all But I'm like, I want to hook up with one of these girls, right? So we need to keep the party going uh, and we had nothing in the house. We had no beer in the house. So I opened up his expensive bottle of wine. <laughs> and he was not too pleased with me at that point. Sorry, Johnny P. Uh, to this day, I still get fucking heat for that. You opened up my fucking bottle of wine. I was like, I get it. I'll give you the money. I have it now. But yeah, I needed to keep the party started. And Joe, I finished the deal. We we did we did good that night. We did well that night. So <laughs> well done. So I'm thank, proud of you, man. Right, thank you. So I closed the deal, but it was the wine that helped. And I keep telling him, I was like, John, the fucking wine helped. Come on, I would have done the same thing for you. Mm, jerk off. All right, there you go. That's my wine story. Have you seen the film Arachnophobia? Uh did I see that? No, probably. I, I, mean, I know of it, but yeah, go ahead. There's a funny bit at the end where he's trapped in his wine cellar and he's looking for bottles of wine to throw at the, the big spider that's chasing him around and he picks up the, his special bottle the chateau or something he he looks at it, he's about to throw the spider and then he, look, he sees the lady he's ah, not the chateau and he picks another one so he's just reminding me of that i mean i guess it's appropriate that gotta was talking about wine because he's such a bottler isn't he oh. <laughs> i'm on fire tonight aren't i Woo, home run I, I want him i want gotta to really run with this i want the next Post-match promo, he does have like a, a platter of fine cheeses. Yes. 
some grapes and uh, you know, like a little, like a little. Uh, what do they call that? What's my that? career, <laughs> my career is a lot like this uh, Stilton I have over here, which goes perfectly with. Right, a little cracker, a little, little biscuit. All right, very nice. Um, good job by Goro and a good job by Shingo and good job by us because uh, we're wine enthusiasts, as you can tell. I've got some questions on this. Louis says, was it just me or did that Goto versus Shingo match have an old school New Japan match feel? Even the preview with the interviews with both guys in suits made it feel old school. Do you get any old school vibes from that, Damon? Uh, I mean, listen, it's it's a classic New Japan pro wrestling style match, right? So for people who people who complain about uh, other styles kind of weaving their way into New Japan and, and getting away from the core... Uh, I think those people were satisfied with what they saw with this match. Absolutely. Uh, Nathan says, is Goto finally being elevated? Violent Skipping says, how far does Goto's rehabilitation go? Will he have a spot on one of the Dome shows after no matches at Wrestle Kingdom, MSG and Dominion this year? And Michael CC says, considering the somewhat surprising resurrection of Hiroki Goto, do either of you see him ever in the top title mix going forward? Or was his strong G1 run and probably more never title runs his peak right now? Um, I think it's more like what you said before, Damon, about him... He, he needs to have his spot as a gatekeeper reestablished because this is how I see it going forward. We've got this mini tournament coming up at Wrestle Kingdom, but we need, for those four guys, we need four gatekeepers for them to get through. So Okada has to get through Sanada. Uh, Ibushi has to go through Evil. Yep. Uh, Jay has to go through Goto. Yep. And Naito probably going to go through Zack. So you've got these four sort of mini boss guys being put in the way. So. As far as the Goto rehabbing goes, I mean, could he could he lose to Jay White and then get back in a, a prominent spot at Wrestle Kingdom? I'm not sure, but it's good to see. I just want to see good, lengthy Goto singles matches, and we've had that in the last few months, and that's something to celebrate. Absolutely correct, 100. Again, uh, his role is what we're seeing in front of us, and he's going to do it well because because he can do it well and he will do it well. But yeah, the mini boss analogy is exactly what we're looking at. Again, we still have a couple months to go before we hit the big show. Uh, we, we need to establish some, again, perfectly said by Joel, mini bosses that these people need to get through before they go on to Wrestle Kingdom. Tim says, since Goto is challenging for the IC title instead of the Never title, does that mean Shibata comes back and challenges Kenta for the Never Openweight title at the Dome? Dylan says, are you surprised by the lack of appearances of Shibata? Could this be a sign that they realize people read too much into the G1 final angle and are scaling back to temper expectations of a Dome match? So, did anything that happened in this match change or uh, entrench your predictions about Katsuyori Shibata's involvement or lack thereof? I still think he's in the corner. I, I, I'm, I'm finding it hard to believe that he'll be back in the ring in a singles match, in a high-profile match at Wrestle Kingdom. If that happens, that would be fucking awesome. But I think, and shockingly enough, all of us did a really good job of over-speculating and, and over-wishing and over-wanting. And that's fine. That's what we're here for, Damon. Right, right. That's what we do. We're pros, right? That's, that's that. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Let's, let's all have fun with it, right? Um, but I, I, just, I just don't see it happening. Now, again, if there's stuff going on behind the scenes that we are unaware of and he has clearance... We're fucking going for it. Let's do it. 
Absolutely. But, again, I, I feel like he'll be there. I feel like he'll be in the corner. I feel like he'll even be involved in the match in some capacity, right? I don't see that, I don't see that being uh, a shock. But, if he's there, but singles match, in-ring, that's, that's asking a whole hell of a lot to a guy, for a guy who, you know, you know, according to some reports, it was it was touch and go if the guy was even going to make it out of the fucking hospital. So we'll see. If he gets clearance, I'm all in. Uh, main event, ninth match, IWGP Intercontinental Championship match. Jay White defeating Tetsuya Naito, 29 minutes 47 with the Blade Runner. And Jay White is the new Intercontinental Champion. Arigato, soshite, sayonara. Love the pre-match package here. This is Really good interview with Jay White. I find him much more menacing when he's speaking quietly normally than when he's shouting. I've got sort of Jake Roberts or Patrick Bateman vibes. He's carefully deconstructing events. He's explaining what's about to happen. Like when he's basically saying to Naito, I like him, but I want to kill him. It's quite chilling. And when he made his entrance, he did a little hop over the ramp where I, I think that might have been where Yoshihashi slipped last year. I think that's what he was referencing. Right. And just the, the trash talking from Jay White He's saying, this is our destino. And when Naito's doing his undressing thing, he's saying, take your time. It's okay. Enjoy it. Have fun with it because it's almost over, baby. As Naito's very slowly taking off his clothes. It's like his, it was prom night and Jay's about to take his virginity. <laughs> and these two, they, they just got terrific chemistry. I love the mind games, the gamesmanship, like Naito backing up and making Jay fall flat on his face. Uh, the roll-ups, the exchanges at the start of the match, and then the Destino pose with Naito looking over his shoulder, grinning at Jay. It's fucking brilliant. Like, what a start to a big match. And you got here Naito, who's a master troll, cannot be outsight. But then in the heat of this match, Jay can capitalize on a, a tiny mistake. He can take control of a match because he's a, a tactician with like a, a flatline or a snap suplex. He just stops the babyface offense dead in an instant incredibly sudden dramatic way because of his arsenal of moves and i just love the little running commentary he was doing throughout this match he's really grown into this switchblade character perfectly it just oozes out of him every second of his matches and for me it's just a joy to watch damon like making naito smile fish hooking his cheeks during a rest hold and just again just talking shit constantly there goes your monitor kevin as he's driving him into the guardrail and then giving the two sweet to juicy afterwards it was just masterful absolutely masterful i i honestly thought this was a career defining performance from jay white here with his massive shit eating grin he just gets it and it makes his long control periods so fun to watch and I know I've said that there's probably a lot of upside in Jay White as a babyface, but he's so damn good as a heel, I almost want him to stay as a heel forever because he's just amazing at it. And again, it's just an on-running thing with Jay White and the guardrails because he nearly flattened a little girl when he sent Naito flying over the side in this match. Yeah. And Naito gave as good as he got. He was slapping Jay's head in the leg scissors while Jay's looking like he's about to explode. Just a prime example of a match that was more than the sum of its parts because we got unique interplay between two very strong characters that was dramatic and compelling and just again jay white just constantly talking shit smile for me i'll help you stand up just there, there were too many little one-liners for me to list here and when there was the call for 20 minutes that flew by i couldn't believe it when i heard that call then jay started destroying naito with a series of moves on the apron it looked absolutely devastating naito bumping like a lunatic and we also had Gado from ringside shouting, show me the fucking Kiwi. 
So we got Gado calling Moose from wing side, which I thought was a great touch with this pair of absolute scumbags. And I think more heel managers should be doing that because... I mean, you imagine that with like a, a relatively green heel with a manager who can like literally guide him through the match right. within the context of being a bad guy. It's a brilliant idea. And then that call finally paid off with Gato interfering with a chair to allow Jay to hit the Kiwi Crusher. And I also love the way Jay sandbags to avoid his opponent's finishes. It's a really nice touch. And Naito using Gado for the Tornado DDT was really creative because I know we've complained about Gado's involvement, but I just thought it was executed perfectly in this match. Destino reversed into the sharp sensations was beautiful. And just the following few minutes of back and forth chaotic violence was just great. It was just awesome. And the noise from the crowds when Jay hit that blade run, he didn't even need to go for the pin. Just He hit the blade runner and that move has been so well protected, the crowd knew that Naito's done. The match is over. And there, when he hit the Blade Runner, there was that little shriek of disbelief and despair. People heading for the exits already because they know it was all over. And they, I'm quite excited about this. This doesn't happen very often, but I think I'm on Joel Island here. I'm not going to back down because I'm not a coward. You know that I don't do hot takes just for the sake of it. So this is straight from my heart. But for me, this was an easy five stars. Wow. There's two guys having an outstanding 2019 always delivering in big matches. And honestly, it wasn't even a particularly outstanding match in terms of the in-ring action. Like, bell to bell, both guys have had better matches. But to me, it was an all-time great heel performance from Jay White. Plenty of that was down to Naito, who did everything he could to make White look like a killer. But from Jay White, it was the superlative heel performance and a perfect synergy between character and action. Like, you tell me to show you a great heel performance, I'll show you this match. And I love the build-up, I love the chemistry, the dynamics between the two, I thought the wrestling was exciting, fit the story perfectly, and then him taking the piss out of Naito in his post-match promo, doing a Bullet Club roll call. So, for all those reasons I've laid out, Damon, for me, it's five, and I might be the only person on the planet who's saying that, but I'm making no apologies for that. Just the ongoing motif of the smile who reminded me of uh, Commodus in Gladiator when he goes, smile for me now, brother, and then he stabs Russell Crowe. And then afterwards, him denying Gotto's challenge, Gotto's coming out, and then Jay White saying, you're not next, you're not next. It was just beautiful. I love this. Wow. I am... I knew that this was in your wheelhouse, but I didn't know you were going to go all five. Okay. Well, let's. I'm going to give a uh, counterpoint, shall we? I thought this match was outstanding. I thought it was an outstanding match. And for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, in the sense of Jay White really just finding another gear when it comes to those transitions into what is going on in the ring. Again, all the trash talking, the spot that you talked about with Kevin Kelly with the monitors, uh, the you know grabbing to his eyes while he's you know in a supposed uh, put that in air quotes rest hold, but he's making it interesting and he's making it uh, again just helping further along the idea that he is the ultimate asshole. You mentioned the line though that I think I can't get over. This wasn't an in-ring, spectacular, pro-wrestling, athletic encounter, right? And that's where it lost me for it, right? Um, I thought the match was an outstanding textbook 
heel versus face to a certain degree. Naito may, may not, might not be that classic baby face, but Jay being the ultimate heel, I thought it was a textbook master class in 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 that element of pro wrestling. I thought in ring, Goto and Ishi or Goto and and Shingo blew it away. Um, to here's when I turned off this show. Here's my first thought was New Japan literally gave you back-to-back matches and gave every person something to really sink their teeth into in, in two matches. It satisfied that classic hard-hitting clothesline the fuck out of you, beat the shit out of you, Big kickouts, big moves, dramatic pro wrestling in ring action with Goto and Shingo. And then it gave you subtleties and heel work and 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 and, and again a masterful job of it. And and getting and, and continuing to elevate and rise a young talent in the in the second match, right? In ring, it just didn't hit the mark for me. There's, I, I'm nowhere near five. Uh, I'm probably at low fours for me total. I agree with a lot of what you said. I, th- I think I agree with everything that you said. But to me, the main component, the main dish, the appetizers were great. Salad was f- tremendous. Drinks on point. Dessert was outstanding. The entree left a little bit to be desired, right, for me. Um, and that's that to me, that's the most important part of the meal. That being said, I still think it was great. It just it's but it I, but we're 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 we have a, a good arm's length between what I thought of this match. Like let's put it this way. I could easily today put on that Shingo Goto match and watch it again. And probably enjoy it just as much as I did the first time. I don't know if I could say the same thing for Naito and Jay White. It was good watching it, but it's not something that's going to stick with me forever. Uh, or even, quite honestly, next week um, as Shingo and and Goto did. Um, I thought Shingo and Goto blew them out of the water. In ring, in ring performance... And I and I will say this: I think the Jay White and 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 Naito stuff blew uh, Goto and and Shingo out of the water when it comes to that element of pro wrestling that is vital, that is important. It blew it out of the water, but that's just to me. I, I need my entrees to be a little bit more over, you know, outstanding than everything around the main course. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean to stick with your restaurant analogy, my experience of it would be. As you said, we've had the same meal, but I have drunk too much of the wine and I'm pretty pissed and having just a tremendous time. I'm too drunk that, I, you know, I don't notice those things. And at the end of it, I'm like, oh, that was the perfect meal. I love that. Right. OK, there you go. That, that, that's actually a really good way to look at it. Right. I'm, I'm focused on I'm kind of controlling myself. I'm having little tastes of shit, but I'm, I'm all focused on that on that main course, whereas you got 
it's it's the whole idea, the celebration around it, the people, the conversation, the food. I mean, of course, is there. It's delicious, but it's it's not it's not everything be all to end all. Okay, I like that. I like. I think yeah. I think that's fair. But here's the thing: we both. Here's the best part about it: we both on two sides of the fence. Both got something. We both enjoyed it. Both sides of it. One here, one there. But the show delivered in in in, in a way that. Two people got two different things out of it. Both enjoyed it, and both for different reasons. To me, that's that's that. You, I, what more could you ask for on a pro wrestling show? That that's tremendous. Yeah, and I suspect most people will be with you on your side of the fence, and it might just be me. And I'm totally okay with that because it was just a very jolt match between two guys that I love and I love the characters and I was just so invested in the build-up and just the character work and the interplay between them that I just had a, a massive smile on my face the whole time just enjoying every minute of it and I, I want to go back and watch it again I might do that later uh, Mark says how long do you guys want Jay to be this dickhead mega heel I feel like it has to continue for at least another year in order for a babyface Jay run down the line to be as impactful as they want and Anwar says can Jay White be the top protagonist in New Japan someday now I would have said that maybe a couple of months ago but I just think Jay White is so good at being a heel that I don't want him to be a babyface I want him to stay like a heel forever yeah, it's gonna be a while, I would think, right? I mean, we got a we got a long ways to go before we we even start talking about babyface Jay White, um, and and why? Because he does such a good job of 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 being that person and being in that role. So no, I, I let's 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 let that simmer for a little bit. Uh, we got a couple. I would say a couple years of heel heel Jay White before we start turning him babyface. And let's talk about Naito a bit. Chris says, has Naito been fully gottoed? Graphic Ben says, how does Naito work himself into title contention, somehow be a part of the double champ discussion? Do they feed Taichi to him again? Does he get a pin over Jay? Or does his popularity mean he stays at the front of the line? Nick says, as far as Naito goes, unless they're just planning on seriously burying him, I don't see any outcome, uh, any other outcome for Wrestle Kingdom other than him being the IC and IWGP heavyweight champion. I really feel like it has to happen now for any of this stuff with Jay White to make any sense. Do you agree? By the way, I'm really betting this will happen. So most certainly will not to not be let down and absolutely distraught when it doesn't cause because uh, I got my hopes too high. So <laughs> let's talk about where this leaves Naito. The way I see it, and like, as we predicted before, this is all going to plan. Now Naito's hit rock bottom. He's lost the G1, he's lost his title and he's seemingly lost his way into this mini tournament and having a claim for it but I believe that Zach talking about wanting to be a triple crown champion and wanting a piece of that pie and just the way matches are lining up uh, for the next few weeks which we'll talk about later I think that Zach is being positioned as the like the kind of de facto qualifier for Naito to have to go through, I suspect that'll be a power struggle, it's going to be like Naito versus Zack Sabre Jr. at Power Struggle, and the winner of that gets to, I don't know, challenge again for the IC title or, or something like that. That's how I see it playing out. Yeah, I mean, you know, don't, don't these people listen to our show? <laughs> We've spelled it out for them. Uh, you wanted, if you're a Naito fan, you wanted the loss, right? We said this. So don't, no, don't fret none. Come on, hang in there. But uh, yeah, we're talking about the mini bosses, and that's where we're going with this. And Naito, again, we had Goto walk out beat Shingo, and, uh, you know, he's out there challenging. So it's not going to take much 
for a guy like Naito to get heated up. Uh, I we truly believe he's in the mix. So and, and I, I truly believe, still to this day, even ever after everything that's been done, Naito's uh, walking out triumphant come January five. So uh, again, hang in there, mini bosses. Get through those. Get them back in the mix, and away you go for uh, January fourth and fifth. Make sure you write down the audio time for this statement so you can isolate that and do a little stinger at the start of our episode after (laughs) Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, got it. Lior says, if Naito goes to Wrestle Kingdom 14 on January 5th as the IC champion in the main event, do you have him go against Okada and waste your biggest match without any build-up or do you go Naito Ibushi and save Naito versus Okada in your back pocket? Also, now that New Japan doesn't have any major show except the 29th of this month and King of Pro Wrestling on the 7th of October, will you take some time off to energise or do you love the podcast too much? I love it too much, Damon. I like talking to you every week, even if there's nothing to discuss. So uh, I don't need a break yet. (laughs) You know, I reserve the right to have a little holiday now and then. But um, talking about Naito, there's something I heard before. Do you think it would be a waste to, quote-unquote, burn Naito Okada with less than a day's build um no i think it, it, it'll be hyped you know it'll be that those two days i i i the speculation and the buzz going into that that second night i'm i'm looking so forward to i think it's going to be amazing actually um the idea of you know we saw historic something historic is going to happen right that's going to lead to night two and I think I can't wait to be outside the Tokyo Dome with a strong zero in my hand just talking about okay so here's here's where we are this is this is this is what it is you that I'm not a big fan of the idea of burning stuff you're not burning it's it's you know January 5th is going to be the biggest show for New Japan right they they need it to be spectacular and they need it to be big um and that will draw Look, if if, if 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 there are people that would be on the fence of going to the Tokyo Dome, uh, you know, that are in Japan at the same time, and they're like, eh, I don't know, maybe I should go. I think the idea of Naito Okada um, last night, I, I think that's going to convince a lot of people to uh, take the uh, take a stop at the Suidabashi Station and uh, get a ticket for Wrestle Kingdom. Even on a day's notice. So they're yeah. watching it. They see Naito get the win, Okada get the win. They're like, ah, okay, you know what? Let's go tomorrow. Yeah, because here's the thing. They're, they're, I mean, the newspapers, the, the, usually Wrestle Kingdom, um, they broadcast like at least the major matches the same night, right? So even if they didn't go to night one, they could still find out what happened, and the buzz will get around, and the newspapers cover it. Tokyo Sports covers it. Next day, you wake up; it's front page of Tokyo Sports. So, um, you know, you go in your Lawsons or your Seven Elevens. Everybody gets the newspaper the next day. So, um, no, I don't. No, nah, it, it. And again, internet, social media. No, it'll be. No, nah, I don't think. I don't think it's a waste. I think it's. I think that's what you do. Honestly, I think it's what you do. Let's talk about the upcoming Fighting Spirit Unleashed show. So we got this Friday, yes. September 22nd, in Lowell Memorial Auditorium. So remember, Damon hasn't seen these cards yet. 
So I'll just say match by match and maybe you jump in with your thoughts. So first match, we have Carl Fredericks versus Alex Coughlin. No, sorry, Alex Coughlin. Second match is an interesting one. This is what you get when you sign up for the, <laughs> you join the LA Dojo. This is what Shibata's got in store for you. Renderita versus Lance Archer. Huh. That's pretty cool. I like that. All right. That should be a nice little uh, squash roof for Lance to, to be fun. Actually, the first match, they'll give that one a little bit of time, I would expect. So that, uh, you know, that, that might not be a bad match at all, opening it up. So, okay, I'm down. So far, so good. I'll be there, by the way. So, okay, good. Oh, yeah, we'll have to give out some information about the meetup. Yes, yes. I don't know if you've got that to hand, but uh, we'll, yep. we'll find that if not. Third match, we got Juice Robinson and Mikey Nichols versus Clark Connors and TJP. So TJP back in the fold. Hmm. Okay. Fourth match, we have Chase Owens and Jado versus Robert Gibson and Ricky Morton. Oh, rock and roll. Looks actually pretty good, actually. Chase. Uh, I mean, listen, Jado, I could do it out. Sorry, uh, Jado fan. Uh, but yeah, that should be, that should be actually that that match should be pretty fun. So far, I'm liking the card. Okay, good. All right. Fifth match, we have Tomohiro Ishii and Amazing Red versus Bushi and Shingo. What? That's pretty good. I'm digging In this. A team, I think I think it might have been Andrew Rich who's named that team Red Bull. Red Bull. Wow. Andrew Rich is fucking. He he might be the like one of the wittiest, smartest guys besides you, Joel. Of course, uh, I know. Good job by Andrew Rich, who I'll be seeing uh, up in Lowell. Um, that's that match sounds pretty good, Joel. I'm digging this fucking show. All right, I'm digging it. Go ahead. Do you know what I mean? It's a, a bit out of left field, isn't it? In a yeah. way that you, you raise an eyebrow and you think, oh, I like that a right. lot. I didn't know I wanted that, but I'm up for it. Right, exactly right. Right, okay. That. I mean, seriously, you're putting Ishii and Shingo in the same ring. I I don't care who else you put in the ring. It's going to be good. Um, I mean, listen, Bushi's taking a fall here. We all know that. But um, shit, that could be really good. That could be really good. All right. Go ahead. I'm in. Go ahead. Let's 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 keep going. Sixth match, we got Rocky Romero, Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto versus Gedo, Kenta, and Jay White. All right, a little multi-man tag. Um we should be okay. I mean, my biggest concern is is I hope they just don't treat this like it's vacation time, right? You know, we get t-shirt versions of everybody. Um Okay. I, I'm not I'm not super excited, but okay. So, so far so good. Good. Seventh match, IWGP Tag Team Championship match. Gorillas of Destiny versus Rapongi 3K. Whoa! Wow! Joe, this Lowell show is really fucking pretty good. I'm digging it. I mean, it's more than I expected. Tag title match. That match will be good. That match will be really good. I think the title changes hands? No. I mean, they have to have cameras there, right? I don't think they would... (laughs) Yeah. No, they they don't. The only one we're getting live, we're getting the New York show live on New Japan World with Japanese commentary. Ah. So I know Kevin the Kevin... other shows. I guess we can watch them what Christmas or something. <laughs> yeah, the holidays would be nice. Sit around the uh, fire and uh, watch a little New Japan. Uh, I, I Kevin Kelly said he was going to be in Philadelphia though, because um, he said I'll see you in Philadelphia. <laughs> um, so uh, I mean, I don't know if they're. If it if they're doing because they have the capabilities of doing live commentating there, right, and then just doing video on demand, so they could record the, the audio, right, and and then just upload it later. 
So maybe that might happen on Lowell and um, and Philadelphia. Maybe. I don't know. I can't. But I, but he said he was going to be in Philadelphia. So he said, I'll see you in Philadelphia. So, uh, All right. So who knows? Okay. Uh, but I, I'm Joel, I'm digging this card. This is well worth the drive. Uh, I'm digging it. Okay. Go ahead. The main event, IWGP heavyweight title, Kazuchika Okada versus Tetsuya Naito. What? No, that's a joke. You know? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, main event is a special six like, man I swear to god I was like what the fuck are they doing like I was really actually kind of mad at him I was like here <laughs> fucking low alright All right. What, what is the main event sorry, sorry everyone uh, we have a special six man tag match we've got Hiroshi Tanahashi Kota Ibushi and Kazuchika Okada versus Tetsuya Naito Evil and Sonata wow. which I think as far as six man tag goes it's pretty sexy that is sexy Abushi, Tanahashi, and Okada. L-I-J. Who's taking the fall there? That's a tricky one. Tanahashi? I don't know. All right, was it, what's on the L-I-J side? Evil? Naito, Evil, Sanada. So Evil and Sanada, they need to be built up for their upcoming challenges. So Evil's going to be facing Ibushi for the briefcase. Sanada's chased, uh, challenging Okada for the title. So they're not losing. Wow. I think Naito's lost enough. And... Ibushi's got the briefcase Okada's got the title I, all signs point to Tanahashi but you never know you don't think they do a little fuck up false fit you know they're not gonna do that in the main event where nobody takes a fall it's like a double DQ bullshit they won't do that will they somebody's no, taking I can see Sanada getting the, the pin or the submission on Tanahashi to build him up for that title challenge yeah you're probably right that's pro- that, you know what that's that, I would guess that would be the, the, the safest bet that Lowell show Joel, I'm looking forward to. That should be fun. Um, ah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a good time. Uh, it's, that Lowell's gonna be a good time. I, I am looking forward to driving up, spending some time up there. Um, you want to do? Want to talk meet up? Uh, I have information if you want to. You want to do it now, or you want to do it at the yep. end of the show? Yeah, no, go for it. Let's let's throw the information out there. So this is for people who are going to the Lowell show. Yes, take it away. All right, so uh, again, I got to drive up there, so I'm going to leave early, as early as I can here from the Philadelphia area. So it's going to take me about five hours to get there. I got to check into the hotel, all that nonsense. But for those of you that are going to Lowell, we are going to meet up. You can meet me, as well as the great Andrew Rich, who will be in attendance as well. So uh, you get a double shot. And uh, Joel, we'll FaceTime you at like 3 o'clock in the morning. You can hop in. Uh, Again, it's uh, the Old Court Irish Pub. It's on uh, 29 Central Street. Seems like a nice little place, nice little Irish pub. Get a lot of Guinness, good pours there. Uh, again, 29 Central Street. It's right around the corner from the uh, auditorium. So uh, walking distance, right around 3 o'clock, we'll be there. Again, Old Court Irish Pub, 29 Central Street. Again, there's no nothing official official. We're just going to meet there, hang out, have a couple beers, uh, talk a little pro wrestling. I would love to see you if you are there. And uh, we'll have a good time before the show in Lowell. So the next show we have is Saturday, September 28th, New York Hammerstein Ballroom. As I mentioned before, this one is going to be live on World with Japanese commentary. We're opening up with Ren Narita versus TJP, which again, weird, but I dig it. Yeah, that's a nice little spot. And again, all these—they're—they're they're, they're going to give these guys time. These—you know—these aren't going to be quick five-minute in and outs. 
That, that should be fun. That should be a good match. All right. So far, so good. Second match, we have Carl Fredericks versus Lance Archer. Wow. That I love this match. Yeah, me too. I absolutely love this. Just, just, uh, just, just want to see them facing off in the ring. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Shit. I'll tell you what. They really haven't struck out yet. Uh, I'm digging it. Okay, that's that's not bad. Here's the problem. I don't have a ticket for, for New York yet. And I'm on the fence so if I want to spend. This is really going to be, this. you announcing the show is going to be, all right, am I going to get on fucking StubHub and grab a ticket for $80? That's really what is an add to my credit card debt. Um, that's really what's going to be. All right, so so far I'm, I'm, I'm liking what I hear. Go ahead. Third match, Juice Robinson, Mikey Nichols versus Clark Connors and Alex Coglin. Fourth match, we have Sho, Yo, and Rocky versus Jado, Tangela, Tamatonga. Fifth match, Robert Gibson, Ricky Morton, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus <laughs> Bushi, Shingo, and Naito. Wow. Rock and rolls and Tanahashi. Tanahashi probably asked for that. I mean, he's probably like, I got a lot of air guitar, right? yeah. Oh, you think? Rambo, Lambo, 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 rock and roll is king. Um. Uh, I mean, look, it should be fun. Let's put it that way. That should be fun. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll see a triple drop kick. I guarantee you. I will put money on the line and tell you right now we're going to see a triple drop kick from the Rock and Rolls and Tanahashi. And when that spot comes, I want everyone to think of me. Next match, six match. We have Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Amazing Red versus Ghetto Chase and Jay White. Damon, this, we're getting Ishii and Goto on the same team. Yeah. Do you think, dare, dare we hope that this could be a sign of them teaming up for the World Tag League? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, uh, we can only hope. I'm going to say 20%. Seventh match, never open weight championship match, Kenta versus Yoshihashi. <laughs> really? Kenta versus Yoshihashi in New York City. How are you feeling about that one? I think with any Yoshihashi title match, there is now that little added frisson that this could be Yoshihashi's first ever New Japan title, which I think adds some level of excitement to it. But the tag match that he had was so boring that... I can't say I'm particularly excited about this one. Although, we're probably just going to get Kenta kicking him to death for 15 minutes, which can't be a bad thing. No, right. Uh, yeah, I can't say that I'm doing cartwheels over this one. Um, and, and again, we talk about mini bosses and shit like that. I it, There's no way that Kenta loses this match to Yoshihashi. No way, right? This is this is a clean, definitive Kenta win. Can't say I'm super excited for it. It's a singles match. We like those. I don't know if I'm parting my money. All right, go ahead. And main event, special tag match, Ibushi Okada versus Evil Sonata. Okay, it's good. I like, uh, I mean, it's going to be a good match. Don't get me wrong. Main event, New York. Yeah, they'll, they'll lots put of time. Yep, lots of time. They'll put on a show. That'll be good. Um, 
I'll tell you what. If if StubHub, if I find StubHub for in the fifty dollar range, I'll 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 bite. But I can't. I'm not going to go above fifty bucks. So I might be watching this one from home. Uh, after Lowell. And Sunday, September 29th from Pennsylvania, the 2300 Arena. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, 2300. The, two, the 2300 Arena. <laughs> nope, 2300, 2300. Okay. All right, uh, first match, Rocky Romero versus Clark Connors. Second match, Mikey Nichols versus Carl Fredericks. Okay. Third match, Alex Coglin versus Lance Archer. That should be good. Fourth match, Ren Narita versus Amazing Red. Whoa. So four singles matches to open up. And yeah, Narita versus Amazing Red. I like it. I like that a lot. All right, that's cool. I'll dig that. Fifth match, Sho, Yo, and Juice Robinson versus Shingo, Sanada, and Naito. Okay. That's a weird combination. Why yeah. are they facing each other? Yeah, that is kind of weird. Okay. All right. Next. Huh. TJP, <laughs> TJP and Kota Ibushi versus Bushi and Evil. What? What is that all about? Why are TJP and Ibushi teaming up? I don't know. That uh, I mean, just to say that they did, I guess. Uh, okay. Against who? Evil and what? Evil and Bushi. Oh, Christ. All right. Go ahead. Do you think maybe this is the match where, at the end of it, Bushi says to TJP, hey, you're all right. Let's team up for the Junior Tag League. Yeah, yeah, seriously. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised. Because Bushi does need somebody, right? Uh, that would be that would be. Uh, look for that. Yeah. Okay. All right. What else we got? So far, I'm not loving Philly. <laughs> All right. Seventh match. No time limit. Main event. Special elimination match. We've got a twelve man tag match. <laughs> what? Elimination. Okay. Elimination style. Yeah. So one side, we've got Robert Gibson, Ricky Morton, Yoshihashi, Tomori Ishii, Hiroki Goto, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Oh, my goodness. Against Gado, Chase Owens, Tangaloa, Tamatonga, Kenta, and Jay White. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'll be drunk. I don't care. <laughs> um, I mean, they are... that. Here's what this was. This was... All right, I can't think of any more combinations. Fuck it. Everyone's in a 12-man tag, and let's get the hell home. Um, wow. Okay. Well, Philly's a little under uh, Lowell to me. I love uh, the Boston one. That that one sounds great. Uh, Philly is probably the least, but all right, whatever. But here's the thing: Philly's going to be fun, Joel, because I don't know if you know this. We got another meetup planned up in Philly. Uh, we're going to be at Tollman Joe's. Now it's right across the street from Tony Luke's, 26 East Oregon Avenue on Sunday. We'll be there around noon. It's like two blocks away from the 2300 Arena. There's parking right there. Uh, Here's the thing. We know people at this place, right? So we have drink specials, right? I believe we talked about like $4 Stella's, um, some other specials going on. Uh, There's no Eagles game. They play this Thursday, so you're not going to have to uh, worry about that. Uh, It's two blocks from the arena. We're going to have trivia, right? We're going to have trivia for prizes, right? Uh, and a whole bunch of fun stuff. So, again, Toll Man Joe's is right across the street from Tony Luke's, Oregon Avenue, two blocks from 2300. Get there before uh, the New Japan show on Sunday. I will be there. Uh, Real Hero Eric will be there. Mackie. Uh, a whole slew of people will be there. So we hope that you will come by, have a beer or two. 
before the show, and uh, we'll have a good time at Tall Man Joe's. There is a meetup at the New York show. So yes. This was posted by John Carroll from Wrestling Omakaze. Uh, this is going to be at Pioneer's Bar, uh, 138 West 29th Street, New York, starting at about 3 p.m. It's between 7th and 6th on 29th. Should be less than a five-minute walk from Penn Station, so very close to Hammerstein. Walk past the bar when you enter, head straight back into the big lounge area, and they'll be easy to spot at that point. It's like an open floor plan. So uh, anyone going to the New York show, get along to that meetup. And question here, Damon. James says... Will Gritty do a run-in at the Philly show? <laughs> no, I, probably not. Uh, he's, he's available. There's, there's no hockey game. Uh, but Gritty will probably not be in attendance um, in Philadelphia, unfortunately. Sadly. Unfortunately, my, my main hookup at the Flyers is no longer there. Uh, he was like the he was like a vice president of the whole team. He was a very big head honcho. And I talked to him a lot. But he is no longer with the team. So I could have uh, said, hey, bring gritty there see what we can do but that won't be happening so no um so again i don't know if i'm going to new york yet but i'll tweet it out if i am it'll be a last minute decision unfortunately um but i'll be i mean i'm driving down so i'm driving up to boston on friday morning and then uh saturday morning it'll be a game time decision if i go to the show or not but definitely sunday of course in philadelphia so hope to see everybody there Ice Age Cummings says, looking over the card for the US shows, probably the match I'm most interested in is the random undercard match of Tanahashi and the Rock and Roll Express versus Bushi, Naito and Takagi, mostly because of the combination of Tana and the Rock and Rolls, which sounds odd, but when you think about it, it really works. What other combinations of a classic tag team and current singles guy, or vice versa, I guess, do you think would be similar in that way? Mm, wow. Okay. Uh, so I got to get a classic tag team. And then uh, current New Japan guy. Okay. Uh, well, let's go with uh, – let's see if we can find a way to fit in my favorite tag team, the Midnight Express. What about the the Rockers and El Fantasmo? They could have a little sort of rock and roll headbanger thing. A little headbanger thing. That's a good one. All right. Yeah. I like that one. That's fine. I like that. Oh, no. The headbangers and El Fantasmo. <laughs> that would yeah. make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. I uh... – I have a headbanger story, but I won't share it with you today. Uh, let's do. Uh, I'm gonna find a. Way, I want to find a way to squeeze in the Midnight's because they're my favorite tag team of all time. So Midnight's. Who would be a good Midnight's guy? It's got to be somebody with subtle charisma. Mm. Uh, good radio. Good radio here. Good radio. <laughs> um. I'm just going to randomly just go to pull fucking names out of a hat. Let's do Midnight's with, uh, I don't fucking know, um, Sonata. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> totally fucking I love it. All right, good. All right. Now, I did say on Twitter that we we're going to pre- preview in King of Pro Wrestling, but that's ages away, so there's no point doing a full preview. But let's just touch on the card. Oh, no, before that, we've got some New Japan Road shows Okay. coming up and I'm just skimming through seeing if there's anything interesting we've got Tenkozy teaming up again wow. so that's interesting um, what else have we got anything interesting mm. Shingo and Naito versus Doki and Taichi that's interesting Wow. I did say maybe it was going to be Naito versus Zack it could easily be Naito versus Taichi Taichi could be a mini boss this time 
We have got uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi 20th anniversary match one. Yoshihashi Honma and Tanahashi versus Taguchi, Yano and Makabe. And a few other bits and pieces for this show in Toyama. That's going to be next Friday, October 4th. Um, October 5th, mm, Satoshi Kojima versus Yotosuji. That one will be interesting. Okay. Scrolling through the rest of it. Uh, Shingo Naito versus Kanemaru Taichi. So there we are again. That should be good. With Taichi being paired off against... I don't know if that's setting up a Shingo match or a Naito match. Hard to tell. And we have a New Japan Roadshow Monday, October 7th. This one's at Karakuen Hall. A few interesting bits here. Second match. Singles match. Toa Hinare versus Shingo Takagi. Hmm. I like that one. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Listen, we talked about Hinare and him. Um, unfortunately, that smells like a, a, a loss. But the, listen, you put on a good showing and you just get people talking about you. That's an opportunity right there. I mean, we talk about opportunities a lot. That's that's it. That's it. I'm looking forward to that. I will I will pencil that one in as a must watch. I, I, I want to see Hanare. Here's what I want. You're in the ring with a guy who we talked about. He doesn't have bad matches. So here's your opportunity to really shine. You're going to lose. That's fine. Nobody cares about that. Put on a good performance. Get people talking about you. Get people get people on board with Hanari. I want people on board with Hanari. Um, and let's see what you can do. This is this. I, I, look, I hate this throw around the term make or break match, but this match. Might be the most important match in Hanare's career. I don't, I don't, I don't want to sit there and be and hype this thing up beyond belief. But, but you know, he's looking in the rearview mirror of all these people that are getting ready to lap him. He needs to have an outstanding, outstanding performance, and he's in the ring with a guy who can deliver. This is a career-defining match for Hanare coming up. Mark my words. Let's talk about the King of Pro Wrestling full card, which was announced earlier today. So this is Monday, October 14th. So a full preview will be near the time. But, Damon, this is a ridiculously stacked card. Yeah. Here we go. First match, Sho-Yo Taguchi versus Doki Kanemaru and the returning El Desperado. Okay. We're all thrilled for that. Everybody was looking forward to look, look, that grimy tag team. Doki and uh, El Desperado. Kanemaru, Wow. Okay, I'm digging it. All right. Now, let me ask you this. In a match like that, does that kind of tip the cards of showing Yo not winning these titles? Yeah, I was going to say that. There's not going to be IWGP heavyweight tag champions uh, on this uh, opening match, I don't think. Right, kind of tips the cards a little bit. Okay, all right, no no, no worries. All right, uh, that's not bad. What do we got? Second match, Hiroshi Tanahashi 20th anniversary match four. With Honma and Tanahashi versus Yano and Makabe. So we've got like a kind of crossover here with um, GBH and most violent players with Honma and Makabe on opposite sides, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Tanahashi in a uh, second match, King of Pro Wrestling? Yeah. Mm, interesting. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, for n- n- nostalgia. We'll do that for the nostalgia, but okay. I'm not, I'm not doing cartwheels quite yet for that one. All right, what's third? Bushi, Shingo, Naito versus Taichi, Lance Archer, ZSJ. That should be pretty good. 
again, we're, we're not always fans of the multi-man tags, but as far as they go, they got a lot of talent there. So, okay, that could be good. Fourth match, Yoshihashi, Ishii, and Goto versus Yujiro, Kenta, Jay White. Okay. It's fine. I'm not doing cartwheels. So far, so good. But we're, we're okay so Ish- Ishii and Goto on the same team again. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Hmm? You're, you're, Fifth match. You you want that. You yeah, want you, that tag together. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> Fifth match, special singles match, Jushin Thunder Liger versus Minoru Suzuki. Pants That's the fifth match. The fifth That's match. the fifth match, yeah. Well, yeah. pants down. Uh, I don't think anybody's not like, super excited for that. Um, makes me wonder. That it's so in the middle of the card that it makes me wonder if there's going to be some kind of non-finish. Yeah. We're going to try to extend it. Look, I, I don't. I think everybody wants Suzuki Liger at the Dome. Right? To me, that's... To me, that's... I think everybody wants that. Like, like do you want you're like you want forty thousand people going berserko rooting Liger on. You know what I mean? You really do. Um, so yeah, you might be right. Being that it's a little bit lower on the card, there might be some nonsense going on. So to, to extend this out a little bit, so huh? Maybe, maybe. All right. Uh, but again, there, there's no one listening to this show that's not excited to see Liger Suzuki at King of Pro Wrestling. Sixth match, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. Will Ospreay defending against the Super J Cup winner, El Fantasmo. Uh, presumably after this match, Hiromu's coming out to challenge, right? <laughs> that's, that's what we're hoping for. That's what we're putting the chips on. Uh, that would make perfect sense. And I think this match will be great. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we see a title change. And I think we see... Well, do you, wait, let me ask you this. Again, do you think title change, heel, Phantasmo, out comes Hiromu, challenge, away we go? Or do you say Osprey retains, challenge, Osprey, Hiromu, Dome? I think Osprey, Hiromu, Dome. Yeah, I'm leaning more towards the successful defense, Osprey, Hiromu, at the Dome. Okay, let's let's do it. Fingers crossed, everybody. Let's, let's hope we uh, get our wishes and not be disappointed again. Seventh match, IWGP US Heavyweight Championship, no DQ match, John Moxley defending against Juice Robinson. Wow. Okay, so, so we got three singles matches right in a row. Suzuki Liger, junior uh, heavyweight title match. Now this, which will be, dare I say, pretty good. All right, no DQ. Again, Moxley's mm-hmm. wheelhouse, so he can do his... Uh, He's sticky. He could do his brawl. I think this will be very good. Title change? Hmm. I don't know because I know Moxley, I'm pretty sure he'll be appearing at Wrestle Kingdom. So it's hard to say. Yeah. He's not going to be recognized with that title though on, on AEW. Let's let's get that out of the way. He's not walking out with that True. around his waist. That, that's yeah, fine. So maybe they need to get, get it off him before that TV starts. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, just, he's just not going to come out with it. You know what I mean? Like, he's just not going to be, not going to mention it. It's not, you know, it's like it doesn't even fucking exist. Um, and then when he goes to Japan, he's got the fucking title. Um, I mean, you do it. Uh, but let's keep in mind, too, this is, uh, would this be his first match since coming back from his uh, injury, his uh, uh, elbow injury? 
yes, I think so. Close to it, anyway. So, mm-hmm. again, we want to make sure that he's in game shape. So, uh, But, yeah, I think it'll be good. No worries. Uh, I'm going to say title change. Eighth match, we have IWGP Heavyweight Championship right to challenge contract match, Kota Ibushi versus Evil. I think this will be very good. I think this will be very good. Sometimes Evil can be a little bit hit or miss for me, but I think he'll deliver. And Ibushi's great. Ibushi wins. Uh, Again, mini boss. Got to get through the mini boss. And Ibushi will do that. Main event. Ninth match, IWGP Heavyweight Championship match, because he's got a card up versus Sanada. I, I hope this is like a 10-minute sprint. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, too. I, I just don't want to see a 35-minute, you know. Look, I, I'm, I'm, I, I know they can deliver. I, I know they they have the talent in the ring. I, I just It's hard for me to get excited over Okada-Sanada. It just, it just is. I'm sorry. Um, but... I think it'll be a very good match. That's a stacked fucking show, dude. That is a stacked yeah, fucking show. Yeah, that's five singles matches in a row. So Liger Suzuki, Osprey, ELP, Moxley Juice, Ibushi Evil, Okada Sanada. And then add on to that the El Desperado comeback and Hiromu making his appearance. <laughs> There's a lot going on in that show. There's certainly, yeah, that's a, that's a stacked show. I mean, that that's a, that's a worthy King of Pro Wrestling show. I always wanted to do a King of Pro Wrestling show. Like, the weather's probably nice. October, yeah, that's 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 always been a bucket list one. So maybe one day, but yeah, that's a good that's a good job by New Japan. That's a solid lineup. Look, they got some solid lineups here. I mean, look, we knew that these Lowell, New York, Philly shows were going to be what they were going to be. But I kind of feel like on paper they they feel they feel like they're special. They're special enough. And King of Pro Wrestling looks like it's a home run on paper. So it's gonna be a good couple of weeks of pro wrestling, kids. Now, I think next time we record, there's probably going to be very little to talk about. So I think we leave it there and we save all our questions for next week, which is going to be a slow news week. So uh, don't worry. All those questions you answered, they are in my uh, notes file. So we will deal with them next week. You got two hours today because I've got guests and they're hungry yeah. and we want to go and eat. So let's knock it on the head there. Damon, any final words before I wrap it up? No, just a, uh, again, just a friendly reminder. Uh, Philadelphia on Sunday, Tollman Joe's, 26 East Oregon Avenue. We'll be there around noon. I want to see everybody there. Uh, it's going to be fun. We got sh- drink specials, again, trivia, all that fun stuff. And then again, this Friday, Lowell, I'll be there. So will Andrew Rich, Old Court Irish Pub, 29 Central Street in Lowell, right around three ish. Uh, again, I look forward to seeing everyone there. It's going to be a good time. We'll have some fun. Great pro wrestling weekend. I'm going to try to get to New York. I'll keep you updated on the, the Twitter machine as to my whereabouts. As of right now, I don't have a ticket. If you got an extra, hit us up, um, and we'll see where we go from there. But I look forward to seeing everyone this weekend for a great pro wrestling weekend. All right, so let's uh, close things up then. If you want to throw a bit of money our way, you can go to redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast and hit the button that says sponsor this podcaster. Very much appreciated. Uh, you can join our Discord. Link to that is in the show notes. Visit our Pro Wrestling Tea store, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash super jcast. Big thank you, as always, to Editor Dan. You can visit his YouTube channel, 219 Films, and on Twitter at Escape the Box UK. You can subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows like Music of the Mat. 
give us a five oh before we go damon did you listen to the most recent music of the mat it was a special q a episode and andrew rich compared us to a tag team did you hear this one no i didn't no i had had time to listen uh i I will listen today uh don't don't spoil it for me i will i will listen to music of the mat everyone should listen to it it's one of my favorite podcasts in general uh and if you want to hear a little uh i uh, i might be doing something a little special tomorrow with the andrew rich uh maybe another shot on music of the mat maybe recording tomorrow just saying Oh, I'm excited. Right. I really enjoyed the last episode you did with the New Japan grab bag. So if you haven't heard that one, definitely go and check it out. And also check out the episode I did about Zack Sabre Jr. with Andrew. So again, I totally agree. Music of the Mat, that's one of those shows. As soon as it comes out, that's going straight to the top of the podcast queue. So definitely check that out. And please give us a five snake review and some kind words on iTunes. It really helps us out. Follow us on Twitter at the Super Jcast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>